It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. Welcome to the Geeky Waffle and happy almost Valentine's Day. Today we're talking about rom-coms and their tropes. With me is Bree. Realized I was still muted. Hello. I was like, oh no, we lost Brie already. Okay, hopefully with me still is Vanessa. Vanessa, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> are you? Are you here? I'm here. So we're talking about romantic comedies. And we're talking about the tropes that maybe we didn't realize were so terrible. The tropes that are overused and what we'd like to see in the future. So I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite romantic comedy? Arzu? Oh, don't, oh my. Every rom-com I've ever seen just flew out of my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I guess the first one that comes to mind is 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. That's a classic. Great one. Yeah. Free? I really love Drew Barrymore. And for some reason, 50 First Dates is one of my favorites. Vanessa? Uh, yeah. Going on the spot, it's very, very scary. So I'll just go for one that I used to watch all the time when I was younger, which is Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. And I loved America's Sweethearts. But- all the ones that we just listed could be considered very problematic. <laughs> and I'm not sure if be made today. I think with some slight adjustments, I don't think there's anything wrong with like the premise of any of those. I just feel like things like jokes that don't age well, they couldn't be written exactly the way they were, but they also shouldn't be because people like the sense of humor is just not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, uh, the premise carries over just fine. Yeah. I watched 50 First States again recently because it's on Netflix and I was like, oh, I love this movie. And I was like, oh, haha, some of these things don't hold up. Um, like actors playing different ethnicities that they aren't and making fun of a woman who's too butch. And that's not great. <laughs> no. And one of the ones that always comes up that bothers me the most now that I'm older and I've worked in the wedding industry is the like forgotten fiance or the dumped one. Like people will go all the way to the aisle and be like, no, thanks. Bye. Like, let's talk about the wedding planner. There's two runaway bride moments in that. There's <laughs> two weddings that do not happen. Luckily, one of them is super cheap, but the other one, it's crazy expensive. And I feel like if you're willing to put that kind of money down, it you're just, not getting it, your deposit back. No, you aren't. <laughs> As a photographer, I would be like, I'm sorry she left. No, actually, I would probably give them the money back if they told me the full story. And he's like, he left me for my wedding planner. I'd be like, oh, I almost feel like if that were to happen in real life, it would be like, okay, we go through with the wedding and then afterwards we deal with the fallout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All your friends and family are there. How do you explain that? You don't. Like, even if that's how what you wanted to do, and if it was like this big, sweeping, romantic gesture, and like you're you're like, okay, this is where my heart is. There's no way that you would actually just go with it in that particular time because your your family would never accept it. Also, if you only are just realizing that your heart's not in it at the altar i don't know that you're in the right frame of mind to be making that decision anyway no but people i mean people like panic at the altar yeah (laughs) but that that's not what i'm saying but you know like being at the altar and realizing that this other person is really who you're meant to be with like yeah that you should have thought of this before you got dressed this morning These are also relationships that have been tested by time. Like, these are, like, together for years. While the romantic comedy ones are, like, I saw you for 15 minutes. Oh, God, I can't even say that word. John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale Serendipity. Serendipity. Thank you. So they're both engaged to other people. But because of a moment that they lasted, like, 15 minutes, they leave those people for each other. Yeah, that... Seren- but serendipity is a 
particularly problematic <laughs> one. <laughs> a little bit. What I wanted to say about the wedding planner as well was how fast the girl changed her mind about getting married as well. The one that... Fanny. Fanny, thank you. It, she kind of pulled the Hans where she's like so in love with this person and then she's like, eh, I'm okay. Oh my God, this is like the second, third fifth episode that you brought in Hans when he just this year okay this year this is the second time in 2021 Brie has brought up Hans from Frozen <laughs> and she just calls him Hans like everybody else is gonna know who they're talking about I know you meant Brie thank you Arzu okay but this goes into another thing of when it's a girl getting married and the guy's a douchebag that she's getting married to it really makes her look stupid right like Let's talk about the wedding crashers. Rachel McAdams' character is, I think she might be engaged or about to be engaged to Bradley Cooper. Yeah, she's not engaged, but she gets engaged because uh, Bradley Cooper springs it on her by not even saying like, hey, will you marry me? It's like, yeah, we're getting married. We're engaged. And she's like, oh, what? But that she's even in the fact of relationship with him. Yeah, he's awful. Terrible. Yeah, he's completely awful. There's plenty of them like that. There's, like, the wedding singer, Pam from The Office. Like, I know that's not a rom-com, but, like, her first fiancé. They're just terrible people, and you're just, like, why is this character with them? Right. And it's kind of for the trope where it's the good guy who never gets the girl, and then she finally realizes that he's the good guy, you know? It's a weird trope. I I understand why, but I hate it. Yeah, I exactly. Like I I was about to say that. I understand exactly why they do it because they have to have a juxtaposition so that people people understand why cuz like if it's if it's more black and white or not black and white, sorry, if it's more gray, you know, they might be with this guy who is a nice person and all this all this and then automatically they're like switching to this other person, it has to be so much better. So it's, you know, having somebody who you can initially just dislike makes sense because it, it makes it so much more easier to switch this other person and be like, yeah, of course you have to be with that. Like you have to be on board with that. It's why all the rom-coms for Christmas movies are the same. The, you know, the big business guy who doesn't have enough time and hates Christmas. And then you meet the hometown boy who loves Christmas and has all the time in the world for you. It's it's a tiresome trope that happens over and over again. And I think, like, it's odd because it's not usually a genre aimed at men, this this whole thing. But it feeds into that toxic, like, nice guys finish last, friend zone sort of mentality, which is weird because they're not, you know, they're not the ones watching this. But I almost feel like it reinforces that. That's like, yeah, women will always pick the guy who's wrong for them, won't see the obvious sweetheart who worships the ground they walk on right in front of them. There has to be be a more interesting way to tell this story. No, but I think that's a very, that's a, that's a completely different trope though. No, no, not like the, the, the nice guy, like in that he's creepy, but like the nice guy in that he is genuinely very nice. Right. That, but that's what I'm saying. That's like a, that's a very different trope and that's, but that's a very good point. Because it, it, yeah, it, what I'm thinking of, uh, actually, when we were talking about the the other one was uh, was Sleepless in Seattle. She's engaged to to Bill. I think it's Bill Bill Pullman. Yeah, Bill Pullman. Been, yeah, or Paxton. They're all the same. Yeah, <laughs> they're all the same. <laughs> yeah, Bill P. And you know, he's a little he's a little nerdy and like, but it's not a big thing. And and he actually is a very nice guy, like very very nice guy. And they they go together pretty well. Um, but it is one of those things where. 
she in the end does not pick him even though they're engaged and everything is going okay so that is a very good point because i feel like that yeah that could be very detrimental to people who are in relationships where where it just it feels like everything is going very swimmingly and you start to feel like is this enough True. And I want to bring up two different rom-coms for you guys right now because it has the similar tropes of like the friends, right? One is just friends with Ryan Reynolds as a main character. And then you have uh, You've Got Mail. Now, I love You've Got Mail. Too. Now looking at just friends, it's really weird. He went from the nice overweight guy, which is also problematic and how they represented that, but whatever, to the cocky, good-looking guy who thinks now he can get her. And so then, in fact, he does not become a nice guy in his transition because he thinks that's what women want. And he's with someone who's kind of like supposed to be Britney Spears. Anna Ferris plays her, you know? So that whole movie is just really problematic. And I think she gets with his brother, which is even problematic. Or oh, <laughs> I'm just realizing how bad this movie feeds into a lot of different stuff. Problematic. Um, <laughs> not a word yet, but will be. Because I feel like a lot of nice guys, the quote unquote nice guys, feel like they need to be a jerk to be with people. And in fact, that makes them not nice guys. Well, well they and think I- they're being nice, but they wind up being a jerk. These quote unquote like nice guy trademark will like attach themselves emotionally to a woman who is not interested and then be creepy about it. Which I don't think is the same trope you're talking about. But that's the problem, I feel like, with the quote-unquote nice guys. But yeah, but I think that's the problem that's in Just Friends. He becomes creepy and jerky, and it's not good to watch. Like, it's creepy. That well, well, that kind of plays into one of, you know, one of the rom-coms that that, um, uh, he's just not that into you. Where... from the no, I'm like, here's the thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of different tropes in there that that are that are terrible, or at least different situations that are terrible in that one. But but at the very beginning, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where they're they're uh you know it's a, that the the woman the the woman as a kid, and she's talking to the teacher, and she's crying because this boy treated her badly, and she's like, oh, well, he's doing that because he likes you. And she's just like, and there it is. That's when that's when the seed is planted where you think that a you know a man has to treat you like crap in order for him to actually like you. The one good thing I will say is that movie came out at like a formative time. Yeah. When we were all growing up. <laughs> and I feel like we left that behind us. <laughs> or we are trying to. What, leave the movie behind us? No, or? the concept. Oh, yes, that yes, yes. They, that if they treat you like shit, then they must that, be into you. Yeah, it was, it was actually very eye-opening. And it is something that is, you know, it is one of those tropes that's, that's used a lot where it's, where it's uh, you know, two people who kind of hate each other, but it's, it's because they have this unspoken passion or something behind it. And it's never just, oh, maybe, maybe they actually just don't like each other. It's I feel that, like it's, it's different between, like, clashing personalities that they then overcome and fall in love which is something i love the hell out of whereas like if he pushes you and pulls your hair and calls you names and is directly antagonizing you in this rom-com setting then like no he's just not that into you yeah that's true i feel like the more i look back on you've got mail the only 
Well, I mean, it's problematic that he's lying to her when he figures out who she is. But it's also, how do they meet again? In a like, chat room. In a chat room. You can't do that. You, like, he could have been a serial killer. I mean, you could do that back then, though. A lot of people did. That's, no, no, that, was, that was the first form of kind of online dating. True. Wait, is he met Arzu through the internet. What the hell are you saying? Arzu, are you a serial, serial killer? <laughs> Freaking, it's always the Canadians. Can't trust a Canadian. No, but you are still our Canadian. I, I get it. There's a, there's an inherent danger, but with, with you know, I mean, back, you know, there there definitely was, especially back then. But yeah, I mean, people people did that. Now I kind of want to make it into a horror movie. Oh, no. Got got it probably already is. <laughs> I, was uh, like, I like You've Got Mail. I prefer the movie it's based on. Yeah, The Shop Around the Corner. Yeah. So good. So something else that is overused in romantic comedies is the jobs that people have. And it's like every man is an architect and sometimes they're a businessman. But like women are always something creative, like a magazine writer or a baker or something to do with art in yes. some form of it, like an office. But it's always like the artsy position. Exactly. Like a graphic designer. And like, yeah, it's because it can't be the kind of job that has a regularly insane schedule. Like if they're a doctor, it's a private practice kind of thing. Like they're not a surgical resident on 36 hour rotations. I mean, technically, Matthew McConaughey is a pediatrician doctor who works in a hospital, but he seems to have a lot of free time. He's like, I feel like he's senior enough that he just kind of comes and goes. (laughs) <laughs> like senior enough to that hospital but it's never it's never the kind of job where you wouldn't be available for five six days at a time yeah or Unless that's the conflict yeah either that's the conflict or the other fiance has that kind of job and that's the issue is they never have time for you you can't be with someone who has a demanding career that they enjoy because that means they don't love you another trope i hate is the concept of the Ugly girls being girls with glasses and their hair pulled up in a ponytail and slightly baggy clothes. That's literally all of me in 2020. I wore my contacts like five times this last year. But it's like, you know, oh, like what bothered me so much in the Princess Diaries, which I know it's not exactly a rom-com, but it still bothered me, was like, you know, oh, take off her glasses. Oh, take down her fuzzy hair and make it straight and she's gorgeous well, i think the first to do that was she's all that or if not the first then it's definitely the first like it's, in my she, memory well definitely. she's all that she got like highlights and a haircut they didn't yeah, they she didn't got a, take she got a extremely yeah, she curly got a, hair and and straighten it yeah she got an 11 year old with extremely curly hair <laughs> i can tell you what that did for my self-esteem oh i straightened my hair every day in high school candace and vanessa can attest yeah, to this also clueless also has a makeover i mean no we're going right back to greece where yeah. at the very end, yeah. Sandy transforms into what she thinks Danny wants. Yep. I will say the one thing that they have improved since Greece, because like Sandy transforms and Danny's like, yes. But <laughs> in the other examples we mentioned, maybe not she's all that because Freddie Prince Jr., we love him, but his character is kind of a dope. But like in the Princess Diaries, she is with like she ends up with the guy in the first one with the guy who was in love with her no matter what. And then in clueless like they give her this makeover and they tell her to change the way she dresses and change her hair and all that but the guy who is interested in her and the guy she ultimately ends up with mm-hmm. doesn't like care about any of that yeah right. she sort true. of regresses yeah, into like her older style by the end obviously like her clothes fit her a bit better but she sort of like takes a step back into who she was pr- prior to the makeover 
So Very they true. kind of walk that back a bit in the nineties and be like, yeah, no, like don't, don't change yourself. Yeah. yeah I feel that's like she yeah, saw that nice. was the first one that kept nice. her kind of similar. Okay. But, uh, Later one, Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt, I believe his yeah, name is. He was never interested in her at all, I feel like, until she got the makeover. Yeah. Everyone always teased her, gave her a hard time. I think he did appreciate her as an agent, but like they were like friends, but he didn't yeah. he didn't pay attention until the makeover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of she's all that. The people making bets with humans' lives and emotions. Yeah. So She's All That, if you guys don't remember, is Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend Paul Walker makes a, him bet that he can't get the nerd to be a prom queen. And then there's 10 Things I Hate About You, which isn't quite a bet. It's more like Keith, Ledger's pay, Keith Ledger is paid to date Julia Stiles. And then, oh, the biggest one of all who are both terrible, horrible people, is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah. Sorry, Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Because they both make bets. But you know Can what? You have- in that case, I feel like, not that it's okay, but it's like, at least, at least they, yeah, at least they yeah. both were doing terrible things to each other and it wasn't just one person is being completely devastated by the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> they deserve each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Kate Hudson's character is... Again, magazine writer and has to like for a column is like, oh, I can prove I can like get a guy and lose him in 10 days. While Matthew McConaughey works for an advertising agency. Again, guys, you sometimes get creative stuff, but creative stuff that looks like it makes money, like the architect. Yeah, so, they have to make more money than the girl. Exactly. So he makes a bet that he can get a woman to fall in love with him in 10 days. Okay, the one thing that boggles my mind and just like makes me insane is that Kate Hudson gets her friend to pretend to be a licensed therapist <laughs> and takes him to couples therapy. I'm sorry. It's illegal to impersonate a medical professional. I know. <laughs> sorry. And also, okay, but again, Matthew McConaughey is even worse. He introduces her to his family. Yeah, and that's when, but that's when they start to kind of fall in love with each other. Because they both realize they're horrible people and they couldn't do worse. Actually, it was it was more so I think that she just like she just really loved his family and he loved the, that his family loved her. Yeah. Like, which, made, which, made it, which made it kind of worse. I'm not saying that that was a good thing. I'm just saying that that's, I think that's why it was. The thing is, too, they couldn't really be mad at each Even though they were mad at each other for the bet, really, they can't They can't be mad at each other because they're both doing the same thing. Yes, that's why I'm saying that. Quite they worse. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I want to know, what do you guys want to see in future rom-coms? Um... And actually, you know what? Some of the recent romantic comedies that I have seen have been changing the tropes a bit. Like, always be my baby or maybe, maybe. And there's more like Netflix romantic comedies out there. And some of them are, yes, very cliche, but they are kind of turning the head on them. But like, and learning cliche from can work if it's done well. Yeah, it definitely can. So one thing I would like to see, and this might be because like half the rom-coms I see are like aimed very young, is I would like to see the removal of stigma for people not having 
dated seriously by the age of like 17 or even by the end of college and this might just be me oversharing but like sometimes it just doesn't happen for people and if we could take the shame away from that in mainstream media i think i would like i would like to see more of that and not have that be the problem in the movie that there's some kind of like undateable freak well the, they always try to do that they try to make like oh you're a spencer you know spencer. never been kissed yeah yeah like, enough of that because that was her whole issue was she was just so awkward that nobody would ever want to kiss her and I'm like well that that makes those of us over 25 feel awesome so like I don't know like if if we could just kind of because people over the age of 18 who have like never had a boyfriend have other things going on in their lives that could be the reason that they don't have a significant other so if we could focus on that and not be like ew gross spinster and then have that be the plot of the movie that would be awesome and i would like to see that going forward and candace and i were talking uh this weekend about this and we were like you know it would be great if we didn't have to worry about having diversity in a movie that's just points out the diversity like you're with them because they're this like okay great we've we've moved past this now like save the last dance save the last dance look who's coming to, to dinner, dinner. The, oh, the remake that a, the remake that was a remake of yeah 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 that yeah. was still yeah as much as i loved it the big sick but that was yeah, based but on a true like, story it was which it's i based love on a true story and there's big cultural differences there i feel like if they're just a different race, but they're both like American or they're both British or both whatever, it like shouldn't matter as much. There's still issues, obviously, because this world sucks. Yeah. But it shouldn't I be mean, like the whole plot of it. I mean, my I, parents went through it. So watching The Big Sick, it, it almost made me look at like what my parents had to go through. Um, because my dad is Iranian, my mom's American, and you know, half the people in my dad's family didn't want him marrying my mom because she wasn't Persian. And so, I mean, I really did relate to that film quite a bit, but it it would be nice to see diversity in a way that, you know, could kind of move past that, you know? I just want to put in, like, Mm -hmm. what movie I've seen recently. A 2020 Netflix movie called Love Guarantee stars Rachel Lee Cook and Damian Waynes Jr. And it's super cute. It's about this guy who goes on a thousand dates to prove a matchmaking service doesn't work because he gets like $100,000 or something if he can prove it doesn't work or a million or something like that. And he hires her to be a lawyer and guess what? They fall in love. Okay, I have to admit, Candace, I also watched that and I really liked it. I liked it too. <laughs> I liked it too. I, I, I love the the irony that it's Rachel Lee Cook and we've been talking about she's all that. This I know. Time. <laughs> she is a hardworking lawyer woman and she doesn't have time for love because she's working so hard, which of course always happens. But it's still... Sweet, and they're both still like capable adult human beings. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, it was really refreshing to watch, and it was lighthearted. It wasn't crazy over the top, but it was just enough that I was like, oh, this is a great escape into love. Have any of you guys seen Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson and Liam Hildensworth? And I have, I have uh, not. So, that's a cute one that makes fun of all the tropes she goes into like a coma or something and she wakes up in a romantic comedy and it makes fun of all the tropes including like a rush wedding a dance number a australian hunk apparently watching your best friend be with someone else and realizing you loved them all along okay but that one anyway sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's cute it's cute i liked it Another thing I would like to see in future rom-coms is less misunderstanding. Like, having an ex tell the current girl, like, oh, we're back together, even though they're not. Like, people talk to each other. Yeah. 
Right. I feel like, especially with nowadays when everyone has a cell phone, like the miscommunications need to stop. Again, that's another thing that I understand why it's used because it's it's something that drums up the drama and drums up like it, it kind of leads you to the climax of the movie and to, you know, them realizing either their love for each other or, you know, whatever. But I I agree. It's 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 always painful when that's happening. <laughs> yeah, and it's solved by one phone call. If you guys just talk to each other like human beings do. Yeah, it's always, just... it's always a, it's always a breakdown in communication. I feel like we can't fully get away from that only because like because of the way rom coms are, th- there yeah. isn't like an outside threat right. to them. So unless <laughs> like if the outside threat is like work, then if that becomes a problem, then you don't want them together because what kind of partner can't support the other one in a in a crisis like this so then the the conflict has to be between the two of them but if it's something as stupid as like let me explain and then you're just like okay explain and then they're like oh i get it that's fine then it doesn't then it doesn't hold up so i think they just need to be more creative with the kind of misunderstanding and interpersonal conflict it can't always be like you believe the lie from somebody else rather than from your partner Definitely. I feel like in response to a lot of the like prom tropes in rom-coms, Carrie was made. <laughs> and that just gives me a good chuckle. Oh, one romantic comedy trope I would like to see in more movies is coordinated dances. Yes. See, I love that. More Wait, of what? That. Coordinated like she's dances. All that. Like yeah, Bollywood? No, we're no, like she's all that where they were they were doing that they were at the prom and they were all doing coordinated dance. And obviously it doesn't make any sense, but it's amazing. I would love that. I've literally watched all like movies like this and just been like, I wish my prom was like this. <laughs> like, I wish we had coordinated dances. <laughs> I like how that reminded, like, me talking about Carrie reminded you guys of coordinated dances. Just the prom bit. Oh, true. <laughs> I mean, Bollywood is always good for coordinated dances, though. I mean, yeah, that's the majority of it. Oh, yeah, they had um, the coordinated dancing, including a little bit of Bollywood in. Isn't she romantic at the end? What is your favorite romantic comedy? Free, can you tell people how to tell us what their favorite is? Of course. Head on over to thegeekywaffle.com where we house all of our podcasts and writings. And go to Twitter where Candace is our queen at geeky underscore waffle. Thank you, Bree, Vanessa, and Arzu for joining me. And we hope you have a happy geeky Valentine's.